Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders add to the roster and the coaching staff on Tuesday. We'll talk about those additions, plus had a statement and a question posed to by a very loyal listener of the show. So we'll talk about that. Your calls and texts will close everything out. All coming up on the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, April 5th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, we do appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. My man Ari does a great job at making sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. He's on Twitter at Ari Produces, and we do appreciate him. Let's go ahead and jump into the show today. And really, before we do that, I want to give a real big special happy birthday. I was actually supposed to do this a couple days ago, but uh, kind Kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of got lost track of it a little bit, but I want to make sure I do this off top of the show. Uh, this is from Cat Rowe. She said, Q, it'd mean the world if you can give my husband a shout out for his 50th birthday to Sean Rowe from Sacramento. We listen to your shows every day. He's a huge fan. We're in Vegas touring Allegiant Stadium. So uh, that's from Cat Rowe. A uh, big shout out to her husband, to Sean Rowe uh, from Sacramento, the 916 representing, listening to the show each and every day. So happy birthday. Hopefully you enjoyed Allegiant Stadium because that is one heck of a stadium. Cannot wait. Well, obviously I can wait. But I can't wait till the season comes up this year. But man, the Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium uh, is going to be awesome in 2024. Of course, there's a long way to go before that. But man, I can't wait to be able to cover the Super Bowl and be in Las Vegas and see the game actually played in Allegiant Stadium. I think that's going to be incredible. I say it all the time. If you ever have a chance to get to check out Allegiant Stadium, whether it's during a game or just tour the stadium, make sure you do it because you'll really appreciate what the Raiders are playing at each and every Sunday, every, each and every home game in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Now let's go ahead and get into the news and notes of the day. And there was a lot to get to uh, on Tuesday having to do with the silver and black. First piece of news came from down from Adam Schefter. Raiders assigning former Patriots quarterback Brian Hoyer to a two-year deal. Brian Hoyer is going to be a backup to Jimmy G. He's 38 years old, has been in the league for a very long time. The Raiders made it official a little bit later on in the day when they put out the statement. Hoyer joins the Raiders after serving as the backup quarterback for three seasons with the Patriots, now entering his 15th year in the league. Originally signed with the Patriots as an undrafted free agent in 2009 and has had three stints with the club, 2009 to 11, 2018, 2020 to 2022, and has made at least one start for seven different NFL teams, including the Cardinals, Browns, Texans, Bears, 49ers and the Indianapolis Colts. So Brian Hoyer is nothing to get excited about. He's not the quarterback that's going to save the day, but backup quarterback has been a big concern of mine ever since Jarrett Stidham decided to sign that two-year deal with the Denver Broncos and leave the Raiders, which I didn't think was going to happen. I thought that there's no other team in the league he was valuable for except for the silver and black, and he goes and signs a two-year deal. So because we know the injury history of Jimmy G, I've been thinking that the backup quarterback was very important. And Brian Hoyer, again, is not a guy that I'm excited about. I know he's not a guy that Raider Nation's excited about, but again, the backup quarterback's not usually the guy we get excited about anyway. I know when Marcus Mariota was signed, there was a little bit of excitement because maybe he can bring that Mariota package, come in at times, and that was kind of cool, but it never happened because he was always injured. So Brian Hoyer, another guy that knows the Josh McDaniel system, and of course, there's plenty of guys that know the McDaniel system. There's plenty of guys that played for the uh, Patriots at one time in their career or not, and now they're with the Raiders, and I know a lot of people, a lot of fans that doesn't sit well with, but 
but I'm not really worried about it. He's basically a coach on the field. He's a guy that probably won't even be dressed a lot of times, depending on who the Raiders draft coming up at the end of April. And I do believe they'll get a young quarterback at some point, and he'll be able to help teach the 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 guy uh, the the Josh McDaniel system. Uh, also, doing a little bit of research on uh, Brian Hoyer, he's also a guy that many think will be a very good scout team quarterback and get the Raiders defense prepared for whatever quarterback they plan on playing that week. So there's a lot to like about it. Again, it's just another guy that's going to be backing up Jimmy G, but at least you know if he has to be thrown in there in a pinch, at least he's had starting uh, experience in the NFL. I'm not going to say he's going to go win you some games, but I don't think he's going to just flat out lose them either. So uh, there you go. Brian Hoyer added as the Raiders backup quarterback. Then a little bit later on, we found out that Danny Amendola was also added, but added to the coaching staff. Now he's obviously not a guy that uh, that's going to be on the field, but the uh, the report came out from Schefter as well. Raiders have hired former Patriots wide receiver Danny Amendola as their new coaching assistant returners. Amendola joining former Patriot employees such as head coach Josh McDaniels, GM Dave Ziegler, and quarterbacks Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. And I actually like this this uh, this hire right here of Danny Amendola, not because he's a former Patriot, but he was a really good returner in his day, right? I mean, he did really good things as a punt return guy. So if all of a sudden the Raiders can get a little bit more wiggle out of their punt returner, something we've been talking about quite a bit. You see, they went out and addressed the position, went out and brought in some extra juice at that position. Now all of a sudden they brought in a coach that actually can speak the language of what needs to happen when it's a, a punt return because he did it very well when he was in the NFL. And uh, he's another guy that, as I did my research, talked to many different folks like Mike DeBate, host of Locked on Patriots, John McClain uh, from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. I talked to him all the time and he said, hey, Danny Amendola, you know, he was a, a Houston Texan. And, and uh, at one point he was a guy that you kind of knew was going to end up being a coach because of just what he brought to the table. And he was a really good returner in his time. And so he, uh, he knows Josh McDaniels really well. He knows what the the, uh, the coach is going to expect from all the players on the team. So I think that addition of him as just a returner, uh, you know, assistant coach is a good thing. And who knows, maybe he gets with Hunter Renfro and, you know, kind of explains the nuances of the the slot position when it comes to Josh McDaniels as well. But uh, I like that. I like that uh, that hire right there. And I again, I have no problem with uh, whoever this staff brings in because at the end of the day, the only thing I care about is the team getting back to winning. They haven't done it in a very long time. I've had many people hit me up and say, I had one guy hit me up and say Al Davis was rolling over in his grave because of all the Patriots. And I said, wait, hold on. Was Al Davis rolling over in his grave because of this staff that's been with the Raiders for one year now, uh, adding people that they're very familiar with, or the fact that since their last Super Bowl visit, they've only been in the playoffs twice? Which one do you think makes Al more, more upset? and would make him roll over in his grave. And I, I said it out of place of respect. I wasn't trying to be, you know, a smart aleck about the situation. I was just saying, like, if it's me, and this is just me, I can only speak for myself, I'm more upset about the fact that the Raiders have only been to the playoffs twice since they lost the Super Bowl to John Gruden way back in the day than, than the, the new staff bringing in a bunch of people that they're familiar with, which, by the way, every staff across the NFL. This is not exclusive to the silver and black. So I know a lot of people get mad because it's the Patriots. I get it. And the Patriots have been beating the brakes out of, well, the NFL and the Raiders ever since the tuck rule. I get it. So, you know, it's a little bit personal. But if it was the Atlanta Falcons staff and they're bringing the former Falcons in, would you be as angry? Probably not. So I'm not really worried about it. You know, and again, that's your own personal feelings. You got to deal with them as you deal with them. I don't care. I just care about the team getting back to winning. If they feel like this is going to make them a winning team, so be it. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, well, that's on them. 
right? But there's nothing that we can do about it. But if you are keeping record and you do want to know the former Patriots or guys that play with the Patriots at some point in their career and are now with the silver and black, I'll go over it real quick. Josh McDaniels, the head coach. Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator. Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach. Bo Hardegree, uh, quarterback coach. Jerry Skoblinski, he's part of that. Rob Ryan, uh, he's part of that. Danny Amendola. But look about it. Josh McDaniels came from New England, uh, you know, j- before last year. Uh, obviously, last year was his first year with the Silver and Black. He was at New-, New England. Mick Lombardi, the same thing. Patrick Graham technically came from the Giants, right? Carmen Brasillo came from New England. Hard to agree the same thing. Uh, Rob Ryan was a Raider at one point. Right, he was a Raider defensive coordinator. So I mean, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. Uh, also, the players: Brandon Bolin, all right, Adam Butler, DeAndre Carter, uh, Philip Dorsett, Jermaine Illuminor. How long has he been with the Silver and Black? Jimmy G. He had gone away from the Patriots, gone to the 49ers, and now he's with the Raiders. Justin Heron, Br- Brian Hoyer, Jakob Johnson, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones has been away from New England for quite a while. Went away to Arizona, and now he's with the Raiders. Chris Lacey, uh, Jacoby Myers, Isaiah Zuber. You know, and and there's been so many different players in the past that have come from the Patriots and even made a stop with the 49ers like you know Jim Plunkett just to name one Uh, Mike Haynes was a former Patriot turned Raider so again I wouldn't get so hung up off of where they came from the only thing that should really matter Raider Nation is that they're with the team right now they're wearing the silver and black and they're going to do what it takes hopefully they're going to do what it takes to help the team win at the end of the day like I said I just care about wins if we look up at the season's over and they're 10 and 7 and they're knocking on the door of the playoffs do you really care where they came from or do you just care that they're winning? Because ultimately that is all that I care about real quickly. Wanted to go over a couple of visits that I didn't get to on, uh, on Tuesday's show. Uh, and this comes from my guy, Jordan Schultz from the score. Uh, he put out a tweet and sent it to me and said, Georgia cornerback Keely Ringo has a busy schedule this month, including a top 30 visit with the Raiders, Eagles and Steelers. So that's defensive back help that's visiting with the Raiders. He said Ringo also has meetings with several teams around his pro day. The 20 year old ran a four, three, six and earned all sec honors last season. For the Tigers. Then he said Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers heads to the Raiders today, which was on Tuesday for a top 30 visit. So Zay Flowers is one of the top wide receivers in this upcoming draft, and he uh, visited with the Raiders on Tuesday. So that's, again, according to my guy Jordan Schultz from The Score, who should be on my radio show later on this afternoon. Uh, also, a little bit later on this morning, depending on what time you're listening to the podcast, it may be over already. Todd McShay from ESPN is having his pre-draft conference call. We've already heard from Mel Kuyper Jr., heard from Matt Miller, heard from Jordan Reed, heard from Daniel Jeremiah. Todd McShay's up next. He's going to have his at 7.30 Pacific time. So depending on what time you're listening to us, it may be over. But please believe I'll have plenty of highlights and sound bites from that coming up on tomorrow's show. And just for S's and giggles, I'll let you know who he mocked on his Todd McShay's mock draft 4.0 to the silver and black. That's cornerback Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. I'll actually go over the top 10 real quick and we'll wrap up segment number one. Uh, Number one overall to the Carolina Panthers, C.J. Stroud. Number two to the Texans, quarterback Bryce Young. Number three to the Colts, quarterback Anthony Richardson. Number four to the uh, Cardinals, uh, Will Anderson. Uh, Five, defensive tackle Jalen Carter to Seattle. Detroit takes Tyree Wilson at six. The Raiders, as I mentioned, takes Devin Witherspoon at seven. And then Christian Gonzalez goes number eight to the Falcons. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, uh, the offensive lineman, goes number nine. And then number 10 is Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, the defensive end goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. And at nine, I'm sorry, it was the Chicago Bears. Forgot to tell you 
what team. So that was the top 10, according to Todd McShay's Mock Draft 4.0 that you can find on ESPN right now, and you can read the whole thing on ESPN+. Plus. But I'll be talking to him this morning, and I'll get a lot more sound bites and a lot more breakdowns on why he selected Devin Witherspoon. And there's been a few mock drafts now that have had cornerbacks and gone cornerback heavy for the Raiders. And I'm not mad. All I, And we've been debating this for a while now, and we'll talk about uh, the, the draft coming up in segment number two, but... I don't care who they pick at number seven as long as it's the most dominant player at that position. If it happens to be a defensive lineman, go get him. If it happens to be a corner, go get him. The Raiders need to collect as many alpha dogs as they can. They literally have one on defense. His name is Max Crosby, and then there's everybody else. So the more alpha dogs, the better as far as I'm concerned. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, got a really good statement and question from one of the longtime listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'll tell you what the, uh, the question and the statement is, and we'll break it down in segment number two after I tell you about FanDuel and the NBA playoffs are almost here. It's perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything. Money line, points scored, threes hitting the game. Whatever the case may be, FanDuel's got you covered. Plus, they let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn about more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into this statement slash question asked by Sean136 on Twitter, at uh, roll underscore N underscore dubs. Uh, California guy, obviously, Golden State Warrior fan. Not mad at that at all. But uh, put out this tweet and said, uh, Q, we have to take a big risk swing at a player like Richardson, Young, Stroud. People forget we have Mahomes in our division. Trade up the three and take one of them. We still have plenty of draft capital to add to the defense. Having a top five offense will help. So what do you do, Raider Nation? And this is kind of the question that uh, Sean136 at roll underscore N underscore dubs posed to, to me and posed to the rest of Raider Nation. Do you consider... Patrick Mahomes, do you consider Justin Herbert? Do you consider Russell Wilson when you're the Raiders and you're putting together your roster? And we've had a question about that similar uh, before when it came to do you put the roster together based off of trying to beat the Chiefs or do you just try to build the team in whatever image you believe that they need to be built in and let the chips fall where they may? And so there's a lot of different uh, – there's kind of a lot of factors that go into this, right? I mean, if you think about it, uh, off top, like it's easy to say, yeah, they have Mahomes and there's Herbert and there's Wilson, so you got to go get a dynamic quarterback. So maybe Richardson is the guy you get or Stroud or Young, whoever's there, right? I could see seeing, uh, you know, saying fight fire with fire, Right. That's that's easy to say. You got to have that dynamic guy. But you also realize that Richardson is not going to be ready to be that fire immediately, just like Patrick Mahomes wasn't ready to be that guy when the Chiefs traded for him. Remember, I mean, he sat basically his whole first rookie year and then uh, got some burn at the end of the season and then finally took over in year two. And uh, Alex Smith was on his way to Washington. So you can go that route. Or you could say that you're going to fight fire with, well, try to keep Patrick Mahomes, try to keep Justin Herbert, try to keep Russell Wilson. 
on the sideline, and that'd be with building up the defense. So it's kind of, you know, like pick your poison. Which one do you rather have? And honestly, you'd you'd like to have, you know, what the 49ers had, right? You'd like to have a complete team where you have, you know, what you feel like is a really good offense, even if your quarterback is not the best quarterback in the league. Like Jimmy G clearly is not the best quarterback in the league, but with the team that the 49ers built, you felt very comfortable that he can go into any game and have a chance. So you can take that approach, like the 49ers did and try to build the mess out of the defense and be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes because ultimately the best way to stop him is keep him on the sideline, right? Or you could say that you need one of the dynamic quarterbacks to not only compete with Mahomes, not only compete with Herbert and Wilson, but also Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, assuming he's back in Baltimore, Joe Burrow, who's in Cincinnati, who's going to be a stud for a long time. Like there's some really good quarterbacks in the AFC. So you want to be able to have one of those big time quarterbacks. And you think about Trevor Lawrence. This is something else that went into my mind. The Jaguars got Trevor Lawrence. That was a no-brainer, right? They got him number one overall, and then they built the team around him, and then, boom, they took off. Cincinnati, they went and got Joe Burrow, number one overall, built the team around him, boom, they took off. I mean, you, you, you get what I'm saying here. Now, there's multiple teams to build it. There are multiple ways to build a team, though, because the Kansas City Chiefs, they didn't have Patrick Mahomes, but they built the team around Alex Smith, and they had a pretty good team. They were winning the division multiple times, but they weren't getting to where they wanted to go, and they needed a quarterback that can get them over the hump. So, again, there's multiple ways to do it. My gut feeling, like, just like I talked about on Tuesday's show, my gut feeling tells me the best idea would be go get that alpha dog on defense, whether that's Tyree Wilson, whether that's Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, uh, whether it's uh, you know Jalen Carter if he happens to be there, which I don't think he will, but if he's there and the Raiders feel comfortable taking him, so be it. I mean, there's a lot of different options that they can go after in the, in the upcoming draft, especially with their first pick. You know, They can go and get the most dynamic defensive player or they can look and say hey you know what Stroud is gone Young is gone but we like this Richardson guy we like his work ethic we like his uh, intelligence they're meeting with him on Friday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center that's one of their top 30 visits maybe that is a guy that they feel like can lead him into the future for years to come problem with him is he only has such a small sample size you really don't know 13 college games is nothing that's like one more game than Trey Lance had in his career right uh, in college, and we still don't know who Trey Lance is because of injury. And I'm not saying Anthony Richardson is going to be injured like that, but think about what San Francisco gave up for him, and realize that they just had a seventh round pick quarterback uh, lead him into the playoffs in Brock Purdy after Jimmy G got hurt. So I mean, there's a lot of different ways to 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 win in the NFL, and there's a lot of different ways to build the team. How does what makes the most sense? I guess would say for the silver and black. And again, Sean makes a great point about having the firepower to fight with you know, Mahomes and, and Herbert and others. But also it's something to be said about having the defense to stop those guys. And I'm not saying you're going to completely shut down Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anyone's going to do that. He wasn't getting shut down in college. He just wasn't winning games because his team stunk, right? And his head coach was terrible in Cliff Kingsbury. But he was a really good quarterback in college. And then all of a sudden he gets to Kansas City and he's, well, that much better because he's with a really good head coach in Andy Reid. So it's definitely something to think about. Like I said, I believe that my gut feeling would tell me to go with the best defensive player. And if you look at Todd McShay's mock draft, just because it's the latest one I've looked at, Anthony Richardson, according to him, is going to be gone by pick number three as he has the Indianapolis Colts trading up with the Cardinals to go and get 
Anthony Richardson. And look, there's a good chance. And there's reports out there that Tennessee wants to trade up to number three. There's reports that the Raiders want to trade up to number three. I believe with the show that he put on in his pro day, I believe with the show that he put on at the combine and a lot of teams doing a lot of research and getting to know the young man with his work ethic, there's more teams now that are considering maybe we should trade up and go get that guy. Maybe he can end up being Cam Newton 2.0. Only difference is Cam Newton came into the NFL as a national champion. Right. So I would have loved to see Anthony Richardson go back to school for another you know, season and get another 13 games or so under his belt to see how he matures and grows. But, you know, one thing stood out to me about what Matt Miller had to say uh, when he had his pre-draft conference call with uh, with Jordan Reed. And I've already played the soundbite, but I think I'll run it back again. And, and you'll hear it at the end of his statement that he makes about Anthony Richardson is he feels like he's already improved from the time that the regular season ended for Florida to right now. That's a very short period of time but if he's improved already a lot in Matt Miller's eyes what do you think he could do when he's with the team 24-7 and he's being coached up and you know he doesn't have to worry about the draft process all he has to do is worry about learning the offense becoming an NFL quarterback and taking his game to the next level so here's what Matt Miller had to say again I played this last week or earlier this week I believe I played it on Monday when uh when they had their pre-draft conference call, him and Jordan Reed, they had it on Friday. I played this soundbite on Monday, but I want to run it back one more time so it's fresh in your memory. Here's what Matt Miller had to say about Anthony uh, Richardson. Yeah, uh, Q, good to talk to you, buddy. I will say, yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson, not only has he made himself money, he is he's definitely helped the Arizona Cardinals with the value of that pick, um, especially – you know, right now we have so much uncertainty at, at the quarterback position, like in Indianapolis. Do you really feel comfortable with QB4 potentially? Uh, so I think there's a lot of pressure on teams like that to slide up. You know, definitely uh, the Raiders, uh, the Falcons and Commanders can keep saying they're rolling with last year's rookies. We'll see if that actually happens or not. Um, but I, I do think Arizona is in a, a great spot to say either we're going to draft the best defender in this class, whomever they, they think that is, or, you know, we could trade out a little bit and you, in your perfect world, you just flip one spot and maybe pick up some extra draft capital, which they they really badly need there. Um, now, as to your point of does Anthony Richardson fit Josh McDaniels, I mean, I'll go back to the point that, and I'm not comparing these players, but Josh McDaniels is the one who drafted Tim Tebow. Like He saw the evolution of the game and said, hey, I, you know what? This guy can't be stopped because he's such a threat as a runner and a passer. Uh, I'm going to draft him. Now, Anthony Richardson is 4 million miles ahead of where Tim Tebow was as a passer coming out of college. Um, and we know like he needs, he needs some time. He even said that at the pro day, he needs some time to, you know, work on some mechanical things. Um, playing behind Jimmy Garoppolo would definitely give you that advantage, but your scheme is going to adjust going from Jimmy G or, I mean, going from Derek Carr to Jimmy G to Anthony Richardson is a, a pretty big change, but I think there are some elements you could keep, but I mean, it's, it's just like when Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance, we all geeked out about, you know, the things they can do in that offense now that they have somebody that can actually move around. Now, we haven't been able to see it, but I, I think it is proof that these guys that run some of conventional offenses can get excited as well by someone that brings an athletic element to the position like we've maybe never seen before. I mean, from a testing standpoint, we've never seen anyone uh, like – Anthony Richardson. And I, I mean, I'm a believer that we've already seen a ton of development in his game from, you know, the end of the year of Florida to the senior or excuse me, to the, the combine. And that and what we saw yesterday at the pro day, um, it, it shows the work he's put in. And I love the fact that he's speaking to, Hey, I have work to do and I'm, I'm working on it and I'm excited to prove people, you know, prove to people that I can get this work done. So he has aced this process every step of the way. And, and to me, there's, there's no doubt that, wherever he goes, like he has the mental ability, the athletic ability to, to develop and, 
you know, fit into whatever system they need him to. So I thought that was pretty interesting that he did say he felt like he's grown from the end of the season to right now. I think that that's a big deal. Uh, Obviously, these guys are trying to do the very best that they can as they prepare for the NFL draft. But again, it's going back to his work ethic. It's something that I've learned as I've done research. I'm not going to lie to you and act like I knew about his work ethic ahead of time because I didn't. But the more research and the more people I've talked to and, you know, just again, just hearing about him and, and hearing what he has to say and hearing, you know, just how he talks about the game of football, and realizing that he's got it pretty well uh, between the ears. That is a big deal. So, I mean, that's a that's a good question that Sean 136 uh, at roll underscore N underscore dub said to me on Twitter. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll throw the statement out there. We have to take a big risk or swing at a player like Richardson, Young or Stroud. People forget we have Mahomes in our division. Trade up to number three. Take one of them. We still have plenty of draft capital. Add to the defense. Having a top five offense will help. Risk reward with Richardson or Stroud or Young, whoever's there, uh, opposed to best defensive player, Wilson, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, or others, depending on how the board falls. Those are the questions there. I'm going to roll with the defense. And even though, like I said before, and I said it on Tuesday, that Anthony Richardson uh, football player is on my shoulder yelling in my ear, telling me, draft me, draft me, draft me. I'm that guy. I'm trying to fight that off, fight that off, and fight that off, and go with what I believe is a smart decision in sticking with the defense. But that's one of those decisions that you pick the guy that you feel like is safe, and then maybe someone rolls the dice and ends up, well, ends up a winner. Right? We're in Vegas, talk about uh, gambling all the time. It's a gamble, but if you come up a winner, you come up a big winner, potentially, with Anthony Richardson. So we'd love to hear your feedback as well, 707-365. No, it's not. That's not the number. (laughs) That's the radio station number. I'll get these numbers together. I actually was combining that number. That was cool. I was combining the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, and I was combining the the radio station's phone number. So, yeah, that would have been Wonder who you would have called on that one. That would have been an interesting call. 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Hit me up. Calls and texts. We'll do those next coming up in segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Your Lockdown Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line again, 707-654-4693. Not the other number that I tried to give to you at the end of segment number two, but let's start off with Iowa Raider. He's calling to break down some Iowa football players that he thinks the Raiders should be interested in. Here he is, Iowa Raider. Thank you. This is Iowa Raider. I'm calling in today to talk about some potential Iowa football players that the Raiders could draft. Um, I'll start here with Luke Spanness. He's projected to be a first-round pick, 13 and a half sacks over the last two years. Something I'll say about Luke Van Ness is um, coming out of uh, spring ball and, and fall ball, he was somebody that the Raiders or, or the, the Iowa Hawkeyes were like, this is a guy to watch out for. And I felt like he held true. Yeah, he wasn't a starter, but Iowa rotates so many guys on the defensive line that, you know, the guys who are starting are usually aren't the guys that are, you know, playing at the end of the game either. So I really wouldn't hold that against him. Great player, high ceiling. I wouldn't draft him at seven, but if they trade back into like the mid twenties and he's still there, I think that's definitely somebody that they could pick up. The next guy is Jack Campbell. This is a guy that I'm pounding the table for. He is somebody who has been the anchor of that defense over the last two years. Team captain, first team All Big Ten, Buckets Award winner last year, which is the best linebacker in football. Uh, first team All American. Uh, look, this is the guy that the Raiders need stability at the linebacker position. I know they just signed Spillane. I think you could still go out and get uh, Jack Campbell. Um, he is somebody who is going to be in, in the weight training, in, in the room. He's going to be holding the door open for Max Crosby when he gets there in the morning. He's a leader. Uh, when you talk about alpha, 
this is the guy. They can give the green dot to this guy next season, and he can wear it for the next four years, and you don't have to worry about um, um, that linebacker position. Uh, this is somebody who uh, I think that the Raiders really need to target. Maybe not at 38, uh, but I think if with all their picks, if they can trade back into the second round, uh, you know, I would say he's going to be gone by 70, but if they can trade back into the 50s, early, early 60s maybe, uh, getting Jack Campbell is going to be a huge addition. Next guy I got on my list here is Sam Laporta. 600 yards each of the last two years, four touchdowns um, over the last two years combined. Great blocker, great hands, great athleticism. Um, An Iowa tight end. What more do I need to say, right? I mean, look at all the guys that are in the the, uh, NFL right now. Um, Well, one play I'll say if you, if Raider Nation, if you want to go and look, is look at this catch he had for against Kentucky in the bowl game this last year. That's all you're going to need to to see from Sam Laporta. Um, It was a monstrous catch, and it's it's really fun to watch. So, uh, fourth fourth or fifth round, this tight end class is loaded. So, fourth or fifth round, I'm I'm guessing for for Sam Laporta. Last two guys I'm going to finish up with is um, uh, Riley Moss and Kayvon Merriweather, called them the Doughboys. they were a lot of interceptions between these two guys. Uh, Riley Moss has a couple uh, pick sixes over the last few years. Um, uh, they both kind of create turnovers, something that the Raiders defense desperately needs. I'm guessing fourth or fifth round, maybe sixth for these two guys. So that's all I got. Thanks for your time, Q. Bye. Iowa Raider, thanks so much for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Lucas Van Ness, he's a guy climbing the draft boards right now. Uh, I've seen him as a top 10 pick. Matter of fact, uh, Todd McShay's, Matter of fact, Todd McShay has him at number 10 on his uh, latest mock draft. That's mock draft 4.0. And, of course, I'll be talking to Todd McShay a little bit later on this morning. Uh, Jack Campbell, uh, the linebacker, that's a guy I know for a fact that the Raiders like. Right, He's the guy that Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to talk to when he was at the uh, at the Combine. We were both at the Combine, but uh, he had an opportunity to talk to Jack Campbell, and he, he told me straight up that the Raiders do like him a lot. He's probably a round two guy, uh, maybe a little bit later, and the linebacking class uh, in this upcoming draft is pretty thin. So I could see them making a move for a guy like Jack Campbell. Uh, the other guys, I have to admit, Sam Laporta, Riley Moss, uh, Kayvon Merriweather, I got to do a little bit more research on, and I will. Uh, I'll get a guy that covers Iowa on, and uh, we'll break down all the guys because Iowa has plenty of dudes that are available in the upcoming draft. But Van Ness and Jack Campbell are two guys that are definitely high on a lot of people's draft boards. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a tweet that I got to bring into the show uh, from at NotoriousBOGQ. Last year, I shrugged off all the talk of the Raiders becoming the Las Vegas Patriots, but come on, when are the signings going to stop? It seems like the GM and head coach can't build their own identity. If they won the Patriots, they should have stayed in New England. Without TB12, the Pats were mediocre at best. Why duplicate an average team? Average is better than what we had last year, but am I the only one who looks at the roster and sees Patriots? That's a tweet from Notorious BOG, and it's something I talked about in segment number one. And no, I mean, it's, it's obvious, yeah. They brought in a lot of guys that are have Patriot ties. Because they come from the Patriots, and they've been with the Patriots forever. So it's not like it's something new. It's, it, this is not foreign to the NFL. This is something every single team does. I, I go back to Kirk Morrison, the great Raider linebacker Kirk Morrison. When, who was it? Was it John Gruden took over? When John Gruden took over uh, after Jack Del Rio fired himself. Remember when Jack Del Rio went to the podium and said, I won't be back, and then John Gruden got hired? I remember Kirk Morrison telling me straight up, the next time I saw him, there's going to be a lot of turnover with the Raiders. And I said, oh, why you say that? Every coach wants their own guys. It doesn't matter if it's Gruden. doesn't matter if it's Del Rio. doesn't matter if it's McDaniels. It doesn't matter who it is. All coaches want their own dudes. And think about it. It's the same thing in life. 
Who doesn't want their own guys that they know? Like, I'll tell you straight up, as I work at the radio station every day, you think I don't want to work with a bunch of guys that think like me? Of course I do. You know, so a natural instinct would be like, hey, I'm going to try to bring in a bunch of guys that I've worked with before or I've, you know, that I know think exactly like I do and operate exactly like I do. Matter of fact, I tell the story all the time. This last job I got at this radio station that I work at currently is the only one I've ever applied for and actually got the job in my radio career. And I've been in radio since 99. I've never, ever got a job based off an application except for this last one. And guess what? I knew somebody before I ever turned in that application. So that really didn't even count. It's just the way it is. I mean, think about your jobs. How many have you jobs have you got because you knew somebody? Be honest. Be honest. Come on. I've received a bunch of jobs. I was a FedEx driver. I had never drove a stick shift. And I was driving a big old truck. I learned how to drive stick shift on a truck because I knew somebody. I mean, it's just the way of, it's just how it is. That's what happens. And in the NFL, look at every single team. And the only reason it bothers Raider Nation is because they're coming from the Patriots. If they were coming from the Falcons, if they were coming from the Giants, if they were coming from the Cowboys, look how many Cowboys, look how many former Cowboy coaches, players, this, that, and the other, John Gruden brought in. Nobody cared. Nobody said anything. They had, if you go back to the roster, think about it. Go back to when John Gruden was the head coach and look at how many people were with the Cowboys. And guess what? If you, ta- if you go a step further, they were with the Cowboys, but they were with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before that. Who was the head coach there? John Gruden. Just go back and look. Like, I'm not making this stuff up. This is, this is reality. Every single staff in the NFL does it. They always bring in their, other, their, their guys. One way, one house. Sometimes they get in there and they'll rock it for a year and then they'll start firing people and bringing their own guys. That's one way to do it. And then sometimes they'll just do it right off top. Either way, they always end up with their own guys. It's exactly what the NFL is all about. So thank you so much for the tweet, but I wouldn't get frustrated. The time What would get me frustrated and what will get me frustrated is not where these players came from, is if they don't perform with the salt. And then the team stinks and they win six games again and they're picking in the top 10 again. That's what will frustrate me, not where these players came from. And oh, by the way, the guys coming up in the draft, the 12 players that the Raiders are going to select or have the opportunity to select, you know where they came from? College. You don't have to worry about if they're Patriot guys. They're coming from college. And that's where the majority of the team is going to be built It's through the draft. At least that's what these guys want to do. They want to build through the draft, not just this year, not just next year, not just the year after that, but consistently through the draft. So if that happens and the plan goes the way that they want it to go, you won't have to worry about where they come from because the majority of the players are going to be homegrown anyway, and then they'll just grab a free agent here or there to fill in the blanks. That's it. So, again, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I know it's a long way to tell you I wouldn't trip off it. It just kind of is what it is. But thank you for the tweet. I do appreciate you. I got time for one more call. DJ in the 909. He's calling to brag about his call on Anthony Richardson and how everyone is now starting to come and get excited about the quarterback out of Florida. Here he is, DJ in the 909. Q, Raider Nation, DJ from the 909. Q, it's a struggle getting on this podcast now because I stopped calling for a little bit and then I tried to pick back up recently. Try to chime in on draft talk and everything. I want to say I called in probably like two or three times now, and this was before everybody started jumping on the Anthony Richardson train. I'm glad to see that you're finally coming around, and it's not because of the athletic ability that he possesses. It's not because of what he did at the pro day. It's not because of none of that. I watch film. I'm not no, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a scout or whatever, but like I've been saying it before, and I said it on the previous calls that, you know, I'm pretty sure you didn't get a chance to listen to because you're busy nowadays. 
I'm pretty sure you got tons of calls, but the work ethic. The work ethic is what I saw and what I kept reading about with Anthony Richardson prior to the combine. And it's the same feeling with, that I had about Jalen Hurts, and you said it too as well, was work ethic. You can't teach work ethic. So given that Anthony Richardson has this arm, he has his athletic ability, he's just a physical specimen, that alone with the work ethic, I'm like, why don't you trade up for that? Everybody might look at you crazy and be like, oh, you shouldn't trade up for Anthony Richardson, but, hey, that's what the Raiders need to do. I think also what's not being talked about enough is we can say that the Raiders don't do good this draft. But I guarantee you drafting up to see Anthony Richardson buys them one more year at least. Because now Mark Davis is sitting there like, okay, we got to – they drafted a quarterback, you know, whether they trade up to the third overall pick or they traded – or they stayed at the seventh and he fell to him. Mark Davis is going to look at it like, okay, let me give it one more year for them, assuming next year or this upcoming season goes down, goes bad. But at least you know, because I know they just signed Brian Hoyer, but Brian Hoyer to me is just going to be a second coach to whoever working that they end up drafting. He's just going to be that secondary coach next to Josh McDaniels. That's pretty much it is how I look at it on the day-to-day outlook. In terms of what they should be coming out of the draft with, definitely a quarterback, definitely a cornerback. And I would like to see a, another young safety. I'm not sold on Mark. Mark, what is it, Marcus No, Marcus Epps. So whoever the safety that we signed from the Eagles, and I'm not sold on Jaquan or Jaquil Johnson that we got, we need another safety, and I'm not sold on Trayvon Merrick just because he regressed so bad. No matter what, I feel like it's secondary that we need to come out along with that quarterback. All right, Q, Raider Nation, DJ from the 909. I'm out. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate you. And I'm not real big on the, you know, told you so stuff, and that's cool, right? I mean, it's just Anthony Richardson's a hard guy to evaluate, and, you know, you're talking about knowing his work ethic, and you knew how, how strong of a worker he was and how, you know, how, how intelligent he was. That's a hard call unless you're someone who actually covers him. Like, I didn't cover him. I had that feeling about Jalen Hurts because I covered him in the Big 12, so I already knew the kind of guy he was. Anthony Richardson, I didn't cover, and he's only played in 13 college games, so... Uh, unless you really covered him and were there all the time and saw him not in game action, but on practice time or in the classroom or, you know, just happened to know the guy he was and saw him from a distance or whatever like that, it's really hard to evaluate and break down a guy with such a small sample size. So kudos to you for doing it. But I can't say that I w- if I had gone on a limb and said, man, that guy is going to be a stud. He's got a great work ethic without knowing it. Then I would be doing you a disservice. I'd be lying to you and I'm not going to do that to you. I'm never going to blow smoke up your backside just for the the hell of it, just to entertain myself because it's not very entertaining and it's not very, you know, it's not very cool. So uh, kudos for you. You you saw that early and we'll see. Again, I can't tell you exactly who he's going to be. I'm still on the fence. If I knew, if I was strong, if I felt as strongly about him as I did about Jalen Hurts, I'd be all in on trading up to number three and going and getting him. There's no doubt. Just like I thought the Raiders should have traded up to round one, the back end of round one, or even got... Jalen Hurts with their second pick instead of getting Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett's not even in the league anymore, right? Jalen Hurts just had this team in the Super Bowl. I would have much rather than made that decision with their second pick, go ahead and get Jalen Hurts instead of allowing him to get to round two. That was something that if you go back to the mock draft that I did, the draft I did right before the podcast I did right before uh, the draft when Jalen Hurts was drafted, that's exactly who I said as, as their second selection. Their first selection, I had a wide receiver, not Henry Ruggs, but they picked Henry Ruggs. And then I had 
uh, Jalen Hurts going next, and they went with Damon Arnett. So there's that. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But that 13-game sample size is very hard to get on board with and just say, yeah, that guy's going to be a stud because you just haven't seen it enough, and he's had a lot of inconsistencies in college. So thank you so much for that uh, that that call. I do appreciate you. And uh, let's see, I got time for one more. I know it's a little long. Sorry, Ari. Uh, we'll get one text in from uh, Raiders Kevin out of uh, NC, North Carolina. It says, hey, Q, I agree with your take. If Richardson is there at seven, I think you go with him. Uh, one, I don't believe the Raiders draft this high again for this for for some time. So this may be the right spot to go get a certified dude if you believe him to be one. And I love things I'm hearing about his work ethic and intelligence. If not quarter uh, not quarterback, then go Gonzalez or Witherspoon. In the loaded AFC West, we definitely could use a lockdown corner. Outside of those three guys, I would love for them to trade back and pick up someone like a Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Again, another guy that is smart, hardworking, and versatile, just like Ziggler describes his vision of a Raider. Thanks for all that you do for the nation. Raider Kevin out of NC, North Carolina. Thanks so much for the text. And yeah, and, and really, I'm not even 100% sold on Richardson at 7. I just think it's someone that you have to think about for the exact reason that we were talking about with DJ from the 909. And, again, doing all the research here, and he's intelligent, has that work ethic, uh, makes you feel good about the pick, but he's got to put the work in, man. I mean, 13-game sample size is tough. Witherspoon, Gonzalez, I'm definitely on board with, and I'm on board with Tyree Wilson. Like, there's a lot of options that the Raiders could have at number 7, and I think they can come away with a great player, especially on the defensive side of things. But – you know, they just got to let the board fall to them uh, if they may. And if they want to get Richardson, they might have to trade up to number three. But that's a decision that they've got to make. But uh, Raider Kevin out of North Carolina, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's all the time I got for on today's show. Went a little bit longer than supposed to. Big Drew in Houston, I got your call coming up tomorrow. We'll have sounds from Todd McShay on his conference call he's having this morning around 730. Have plenty of that. Plus, we'll have more news in notes and whatever else creative I come up with. So uh, thanks again. Uh, for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Appreciate Ari for making sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. And definitely appreciate you for subscribing to YouTube if you do or listening to the podcast for a minute or 32 minutes, whatever you get a chance. It's always greatly appreciated. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.